And welcome to Nobody Meets the Gwiz. I'm your host, Mike Wisdala, as we recap this week in Yankees baseball. And looking at the New York Yankees, who are on a roll, perched atop the American League East at 7-1, having reeled off six consecutive victories, tied for the best eight-game start in franchise history. The Yankees... Reset here as you're listening on Monday, August 3rd. We'll try to do what they were attempting to do schedule-wise on last Monday facing the Philadelphia Phillies as the sport serves as a microcosm for the country at the moment uh, with the pandemic as... uh, New York, which was once an epicenter, now in good shape, and uh, you know Florida, no less, being the new epicenter, so to speak. And last week's action was uh, canceled out by virtue of half the Miami Marlins essentially achieving her, uh, herd immunity with the team, uh, testing positive for cases for COVID nineteen. Uh, which wiped out what would have been the start of a series between the Yankees and the Phillies in Philadelphia for two, and then two more at the stadium. So while uh, the Marlins and the Phillies were basically in a holding pattern in limbo, uh, as we've seen with other teams with positive tests, uh, most notably the St. Louis Cardinals, having their series uh, nixed with the Brewers, a bunch of makeups. Now MLB heading toward seven-inning doubleheaders, which is a little bit perplexing, but uh, you know continues to kind of go on the fly here and uh, with no real concrete plan. Um, so yes, like I said, a microcosm of what's happening in the real world right now. Uh, and so what ended up happening last week the Yankees uh, calling an audible along with the Orioles who were impacted and they uh, hopped off to Baltimore for two games set at uh, Oriole Park at Cannon Yards and those games took off on Wednesday and almost like a NFL team uh, the Yankees hit the reset button with their starting quarterback their A1 in Garrett Cole, and uh, and that will actually serve as the case this week as he makes his pinstriped debut finally at Yankee Stadium against the Phils on Monday night as you're listening on this uh, Monday afternoon podcast, August the 3rd. And so, you know, the Yankees basically did what they do in Baltimore, and you know, to their credit, the O's have been pesky. You look at the, the American League East standings right now, and it's the Orioles in second place after they, uh, you know, finished off the Tampa Bay Rays over the weekend. And, you know, they beat up on pretty much everyone. Granted, you know, we're going off a small sample size here, a week of baseball. But, you know, they took care of the Boston Red Sox, and we'll get to them, uh, or the guys wearing... Boston Laundry, anyway. Uh, wow. No pitching. No pitching at all. Uh, but the Orioles, you know, they, they were scrappy, but, you know, the Yankees 
you know, they just ha obviously have the better talent, the better team, and they have their number. And that led to extending their personal winning streak against the O's to 18 consecutive games. And by taking two there in Baltimore, it jumped the Yankees out to their best start since 2003 at 4-1. And, of course, you know that season was an otherwise fantastic year, which was also ended by the Marlins. No coincidence there. Um, but, hey, you know, the Yankees, they took care of business their first game. Uh, it was a 9-3 victory over the O's, and just about the only thing missing from that contest was uh, Glaber Torres tormenting poor Gary Thorne in the booth. Uh, there were no Glaber home runs, surprisingly, uh, at Camden Yards, and nor was Gary Thorne in, in the building, in the booth, uh, for Matson. Uh, you wonder if maybe, if maybe Glaber... Uh, you know, if, if if you're not tormenting uh, Gary Thorne up in the booth, then it's it's just not fun, I guess. I don't know. Uh, but anyhow, uh, I digress back to the game, which saw uh, DJ LeMahieu. He looked like he was uh, top flight 2019 DJ LeMahieu. He got the Yankees uh, on the board early, right off the rip on an 0-1 fastball from... Uh, Asher Wojciechowski uh, for a leadoff homer to right uh, for his first on the season. Uh, then, then you know, later in that frame, uh, you had an incident almost to the day that Jacoby Ellsbury did it twice in a game. Uh, a moment that Jacoby, uh, the bygone Yankee uh, Albatross contract disaster, would have enjoyed and appreciated two, not one, but two catcher's interference calls, which enabled Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton to reach base uh, on a nightmare evening for O's backstop, Pedro Severino. Uh, after a Aaron Hicks walk low to the bases, uh, Mike Ford played a judge on a sack fly to right center, and so that doubled the Yankee lead at two zip. And then Aaron Judge went off in his on his role, uh, costing uh, BronxPinstripes.com, and I'll note you can read all of my recaps up on BronxPinstripes.com, uh, costing us money. If you haven't seen it, uh, uh, every season, you know we pick a. Uh, certain player on the team which when that player hits a home run uh, fans are eligible to you know retweet favorite the the uh, t-shirt time tweet and uh, res possibly receive a free t-shirt uh, courtesy of that player and you know last year it was Gleyber Torres who went off uh, some years ago, uh, A-Rod had his renaissance in 2015, I believe, when we did it, and just went bananas hitting home runs. And uh, so Aaron Judge, in the third inning of that first game in Baltimore, uh, crushed a 1-2 fastball to right for a solo shot. Actually, one of, maybe the only home run this year, I believe, 
that he has uh, gone oppo taco, uh, as most of his home runs have been pull shots, and he's been turning on the baseball effectively uh, all season long in the early going here. Uh, that one was followed up by A.A. Ron Hicks, who went to the sticks uh, after a one-out walk by Giancarlo Stanton. Uh, Hicks delivered a two-run tater to right, which uh, nearly found its way to Utah Street, and that made it 5-1 Bronx Bombers. And then, of course, you know, on the bump, as I mentioned, you had Garrett Cole. He was pitching on an extra day's rest, and, you know, maybe that accounted for some of his shakiness in the first, but he pretty much gathered himself up and, you know, shoved right through that nose order. And uh, he was bending off the... Uh, knuckle curve in the house that Moose built, uh, if you will. He yeah, had his slider and fastball working as well. Hence that 81-mile-per-hour uh, knuckle curve. And at one point, Cole retiring 14 consecutive batters. Uh, and it was, it was somewhat surprising that skipper Aaron Boone allowed him to push out to more than uh, 100 pitches on the evening. So he kind of lost, lost some gas there. It appeared in the seventh with two down, um, you know, allowing a Renato Nunez double and a two-run shot by uh, Dwight Smith Jr. But otherwise, you know, pretty smooth, uh, what you'd expect. And honestly, you know, these aren't even the top flight Garrett Cole outings. Wait until he gets in a groove and starts doing some uh, Shane Bieber stuff where he has one of those just 14 strikeout outings and just completely dominates. Uh, you know, it, it looks like he's just, uh, you know, really starting to, to work his way up and get in a groove. But, um, you know, another solid outing by Cole and, you know, given that, uh, Yankee rotation what it needs as paper thin as that appears at the moment and you know some other notable uh, things in that contest you had uh, as I mentioned off the top with Mayhew going four for five uh, then you had uh, a debut in Baltimore of a guy named Brooks uh, Brooks Krisky wearing Midnight Blue 82 for the Yanks. And it's good to make your debut in Baltimore, and good things happen to you when your name is Brooks. Uh, if you ever watch the highlight reel, go on YouTube and watch. For some of you younger listeners out there, uh, check out the 1970 World Series uh, against the Cincinnati Reds. Brooks Robinson at third base. Unbelievable. Unbelievable at that corner uh, some of those plays but um, yeah then moving on to game two of that series as the Yankees finish off the sweep um, it looked like they were cruising and they certainly were off the get-go uh, on earning the 8-6 victory and securing that mini sweep uh, you saw Luke Voigt who connected for a big grand slam, which follow, followed a uh, RBI single to left by Giancarlo Stanton, who kept his uh, hot hitting going down in the Delmarva. Uh, 
between the Washington Nationals and Baltimore Orioles. And so in that bottom of the first, uh, with the bases jacked, Voigt drilled his first career grand slam to left center. And that gave the Yankees a 5 to nothing lead. And, you know, in that inning, uh, there were a couple of Yankees that were plunked by O's starter, John Means, which I guess he doesn't have to worry about because if you actually hit guys, you don't get suspended in MLB. But if you're Joe Kelly and you throw around guys, then you get an eight-game suspension and a fine. I guess that's how it works after uh, Aaron Judge and Clay Torres were plunked in that first frame. Uh, apparently, that's how uh, justice is uh, divvied out in MLB. And uh, as far as the pitching was concerned, that game for the Yankees, oh boy, this was not vintage February Cy Young J-Hap. It certainly was not that. Um, And you look at the Yankees' rotation, it only would have cost. Only. It's not my money. Six million more AAV, just a friendly reminder, to sign Patrick Corbin over Jay Happ. But I digress. Uh, Happ surrendered a two-run homer to Hanser Alberto in the bottom of the first. So the O's got a couple of those runs back. Uh, the second inning, not much better for Mr. Happ, yielding another two-run tater to Rio Ruiz to right center. That allowed the O's to inch within one run at 5-4. It was just, I mean, you want to chalk it up to first start, fine. But, you know, Happ uh, really has struggled and been inconsistent. I know he, the numbers say you know he had a he had a nice September in uh toward the end of 2019 but really since that game one of the ALDS against the Boston Red Sox in 2018 uh has really been inconsistent um really been getting knocked around so uh you know the Yankees obviously searching for some answers in that starting rotation and it did not appear that half was that answer on Thursday. Then, as the game progresses, MLB on the fly here. Uh, apparently, which apparently did not want players hanging around and congregating through long rain delays. Uh, then, the Yanks and O's proceeded to wait on a 94 minute rain delay after the fifth inning was completed. Uh, you want to say, fine, it was a close game and they didn't want to uh, knock it out, that's fine. But, you know, at least have some consistency here on the policy, MLB. Because, on the one hand, they're not supposed to be hanging around. On the other, uh, you know, here we go for 94 minutes. And, you know, but after, after everything got started back up again... Uh, the Yankee bullpen was thin, and they were thin because, uh, as Yankee Twitter, uh, no doubt, uh, noticed and was screaming about, uh, manager Aaron Boone, uh, basically trying to quote-unquote steal outs here with the, 
uh, Scranton Shuttle Relief Corps. Uh, one of those reasons was Tommy Canley after the game was uh, diagnosed with a stiff arm and it appears will need season ending Tommy John surgery. And so a terrible break and you know that's why when you look back at the Washington series when he was throwing about nine straight great changeups, well turns out there was probably a reason for that and uh, he couldn't quite rear back for that fastball so the ch you know the changeups were the the order of the day as uh you know canely unfortunately you know he got his he you know after getting back on track after you know he, he became a solid piece on the run coming over from the chicago white Sox in 2017 then looking lost like he lost some velocity in 2018 was down in scranton for most of the year trying to uh figure everything out and trying to build his way back up he finally has a solid season really moved up in the pecking order of the yankee pen in 2019 into this season was gonna you know move up even further with the departure of Dylan batances and boom uh done after pitching just one game uh against washington and so the yankees were uh relegated to going to more of the underbelly and Jonathan Loisega replacing uh, Adam Adovino in the sixth inning. Uh, you know, Loisega was able to wiggle out of trouble in the sixth with a 4-6-3 DP. You know, had a relatively smooth seventh. But that was that third inning, uh, trying to get through the O's order, which uh, pushed the envelope after he struck out Renato Nunez, uh, Luizaga lost some of that control, hit Anthony Santander, and uh, proceeded to allow a two-run smash to left by uh, Pedro Severino, and that coughed up what was a five-zip Yankees advantage. Uh, fortunately, the judge overruled that decision, and while... Yankee closer Zach Britton was credited for the save, getting the final three outs. It was actually Aaron Judge saving the day. Uh, an inning after Luke Voigt and uh, tried, tried hitting one to the moon, and Gary Sanchez followed suit with runners on. Judge came through in the ninth inning. Uh, after Gio Urshela, who also has been playing phenomenal defense and has kept up that solid hitting from 2019. Coaxed the leadoff walk against Cole Sol Solcer. Uh, LeMahieu proceeded to reach on a one-out hit to the right. And Aaron Judge followed with a rocket to left, making it 8-6 for the eventual game winner. And speaking of which, all of Aaron Judge's home runs six of which he has now as of this recording judges homered in five consecutive contests all of those home runs have either tied a game or given the yankees a lead and they did give the yankees a lead on that night they would not relinquish and the yankees would hang on for that uh eight six victory in a mini sweep of the o's and they also in doing so, became the first team 
to homer in 21 consecutive games against the Orioles, which is pretty impressive stuff, regardless of the team, the ballpark. Uh, it's quite the feat. So then at 4-1, and one, the Yankees return home to face the rival Boston Red Sox, who stumbled into the Bronx at 3-4 and four off of a series against the Baltimore Orioles and the New York Mets, who are an absolute mess right now with Ioana Cespedes ghosting them and then opting out. And to be fair... It seems like the rest of the New York Mets have opted out of the season for about a week uh, with their drop in the standings. Uh, what a debacle. I mean, you, know, you look at the, the little things that people complain about uh, in the Yankee universe. Go over and be a Mets fan. Jeez. What a debacle. Just absolutely brutal. Um, you know, and here we are. You know, we complain about, uh, you know, the, the third or fourth reliever or, you know, who should be playing at first base and or in left field. And it's just like, you look, at, you look across town and uh, what, what a mess. But um, par for the course in Queens. So when the Yankees finally hopped back to the Bronx, finally donning the pinstripes in a game that counted at Yankee Stadium in 2020. And like I said at the outset, facing a Boston Red Sox team uh, that was clearly a bunch of Pawtucket Red Sox and Portland Sea Dogs donning the uh, Red Sox unis in the Bronx. And the Yankees no doubt feasted on that atrocious starting pitching staff of the Boston Red Sox, which has been decimated uh, either through injuries to uh, Chris Sale having season-ending Tommy John surgery, uh, trading David Price to the Dodgers, who opted out. Uh, you had Eduardo Rodriguez, who had some scary complica complications with his heart uh, connected to the uh, coronavirus and is effectively done for the season. Hopefully he... Uh, makes a strong recovery. Um, and then, you know, the Red Sox losing uh, Rick Porcello to the Mets and uh, are left with Nathan Evaldi atop their rotation. So, you know, the Yankees, they took advantage of what was in front of them, and that all added up to six straight wins and a three-game sweep of the Bow Sox, the Bronx Bombers. Broom in the Bow Sox, in the Bronx, at the big ballpark. And, you know, other than the obvious <clears throat> awkwardness of an empty Yankee Stadium, uh, you couldn't have put on a better production than what the Yankees uh, were able to piece together for their opening night celebration. And uh, the Yankees were able to honor some frontline healthcare heroes, uh, banging some trash cans uh, legally, unlike a certain team down in Houston. Uh, Susan Waldman knocking it out of the park with her rendition of the Star Spangled Banner national anthem. Uh, and Big CeCe Sabathia 
backing the boogie down, throwing out the first pitch. Uh, Haley Swindle, the oldest granddaughter of George and Joan Steimer, singing God Bless America as well in the seventh. And on the field, equally impressive, a 5-1 Yankee victory. And in that victory on Friday evening, uh, the Yankees jumped back from uh, trailing early in the first uh, after uh, Jordan Montgomery, who uh, started that game, uh, ended up yielding an early run to the Bow Sox, uh, you know, letting them uh, get a little bit of a head start there. Um, but, you know, other than that hiccup, uh, the young Yankee starter uh, couldn't have come at a more important time to really bolster the starting rotation as you know, the Yankees were just you know, dying for some length out of the rotation, getting 5.2 frames out of Montgomery uh, as Gummy was able to stretch it out, scattering five hits, walked one, fanning four, uh, and yielding just that one run in the first frame. And really, yeah, that has to be a first uh, in Yankee history of a guy who was not on the opening season roster but makes the opening day start getting the nod at Yankee Stadium, which is, you know, typically reserved for your top flight ace, if you will, or, you know, at least a long tenured, respected veteran uh, pitcher getting that designation. Uh, not only in the season opener, but especially at the uh, home opener. And so the Yankees, you know, they gave Jordan Montgomery plenty of support. Aaron Judge continuing his tear, clubbing a first pitch curveball from someone named Ryan Weber. Uh, and... The Yankees bouncing back. They took a two-to-one lead in the fourth, uh, and then Gio Urshela followed suit, depositing a two-one Weber changeup into the right field stands for a solo shot. And you know the Yankees' offense climbed from there uh, as home runs were the order of the, the day for the Bronx Bombers. And you look at later in the game, Brett Gardner, who was receiving all kinds of flack uh, in terms of when he would start hitting. And Gardner, who usually aims for that Lays side uh, out in right field in the upper deck, uh, for good measure, crushed a two-run bomb off or, or above the hair club sign, ironically, and right off a 3-1 curve from... Colton Brewer capping off the scoring late in that one uh, as the Yankees rolled on for the victory against the Red Sox. A victory that was by a final count of 5-1. to one. And on, on that note of Brett Gardner and Yankee Twitter, you know, I thought it would be somewhat more bearable given this football-style schedule, but it's equally as unbearable. Just the overreactions and the sky is falling stuff. Relax, people. Relax. It's not. It's not a sprint. It's. 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 It's a shortened season with a nice landing spot. The Yankees. They'll be okay.
You can relax. It's all right. There's fair criticisms, but you can you can relax. It's okay. It's all good. So in game two, as we move forward, uh, you know the Yankees posting a 5-2 victory on Saturday night, which was not even as close as it looked. Uh, never really felt threatened, uh, even as the Yankees threw out essentially what was a bullpen game, uh, even though Masahiro Tanaka made his first outing of the 2020 campaign. Uh, and it saw the Yankees stealing outs once again with uh, trademark True closer, David Hale, and his three Ks in two innings to finish it off. Uh, and once again, the Yankees' offense connected, and it was deja boom all over again. As Aaron Judge posted the pinstripes on the board with a solo swat to left. Um, that home run coming in the first frame off of Zach Godley. And he was ungodly to watch if you were a Red Sox fan. Uh, and that marked the fourth consecutive contest with a home run for the Yankees right fielder and following up judge was Gio Urshela in the second stanza he connected for his first career grand slam smashing a first pitch changeup to dead center that posted the Yankees to a 5-0 advantage increasing their lead Urshela, for his part, becoming the first Yankees third baseman to hit a grand slam against the Sox since Greg Nettles in 1976. Uh, also the first Yankee to hit a grand slam and steal a base in the same game against the Bo Sox. Shout out to Katie Sharp on those stats. Uh, and his defense, if you were paying attention, wasn't too shabby either. Very Nettles-like at the hot corner. Uh, Tanaka, as I mentioned off the top, uh, didn't go more than 2.2 innings. Uh, the longest tenured Yank starter struck out three, but allowed a two-run double to Xander Bogarts in the third uh, prior to his exit. Then it, from there, you know, it was the uh, Scranton shuttle, if you will. Uh, Luis Avalon kept the Bow Sox from adding more, went one and one-third scoreless with two Ks for his part. Uh, then it was some Nick at night in the Bronx. Uh, Nick Nelson making his uh, Yankee debut after soaring through the farm system last year. You know, it really looked like Nelson was going to factor in uh, during spring training one back in March uh, before everything fell apart. And, uh, you know, if it wasn't on the opening day roster, it was certainly going to come during the season as you can see uh, his forcing fastball was touching on 98 miles an hour uh, his final strikeout a dirty dirty 86 mile per hour change up to Zhu Wei Lin in the seventh uh, Nelson gave the Yankees three scoreless frames three hitless frames and fan four walking two in his MLB debut welcome to the Bronx kid uh, certainly a much-needed weapon now with the aforementioned Tommy Canley going down for the season. Then we move to Sunday Night Baseball. The Yankees, once again, in a seesaw affair, and that saw the, the offense carry the day at the end. 
uh, you know, just just toying with folks at this point. Uh, you know, far from a pitching clinic, certainly, but uh, you know, the Bronx Bombers they cashed in when they needed the big hits and the big home runs, and it all added up to a nine-seven Yankee victory and a sweep. Um, you know, getting some of the bad stuff out of the way, James Paxton, just brutal, just awful, just flat. That is some flat Canada Dry ginger ale out on the mound. And uh, the Big Maple, you would have thought he would be pumped up with the start of the Stanley Cup playoffs, Canadian kid. But um, no, the velocity down once again. Uh, grant you, he did not get a ton of help from his defense, namely Aaron Hicks in the second and third on a couple of fly balls. Uh, Miguel Andujar booting a ball out and left during the third inning. Uh, but really, it was Raphael Devers doing some damage against Paxton, taking him yard in the early going with a two-run shot to right uh, in the first frame. Uh, but it was really a brutal, awful, whatever you want to call it, insert adjective here, uh, outing for... James Paxson, who at least got through three innings, so maybe you're hoping he's building up something, uh, but it's not looking good, uh, not looking good on his his velo, and it certainly was not a stellar outing for the big lefty. Um, when you look at a guy like Paxton, you're expecting more Randy Johnson than Jimmy Key, and it's fine if you're Jimmy Key and a finesse guy. If you can be that finesse guy and just, you know, work with your breaking stuff and setting up hitters and, you know, having that solid location. But if you're trying to blow the ball past hitters with 96, 98 mile per hour stuff and you're just touching around 91, uh, that's problematic. And he could not finish off hardly any batters in that uh, Boston order, which is... Essentially, Raphael Devers and Xander Bogarts at this point. I mean, fine, you get a guy like a JD Martinez is you know a, a solid hitter, but really a, a much different Red Sox batting order than uh, previous years would would describe. Uh, so, from that early two zip deficit, uh, personally was not worried very much because the Boston Red Sox pitching staff, if you haven't noticed, as if I didn't uh, detail it at the top, is just abysmal. Uh, some guy named Matt Hall, I'm assuming he's a real person and not just made up from a video game, um, <laughs> along with the rest of the uh, Paw Sox Sea Dog pitching staff, uh, quickly had that uh, lead that was staked for him. Actually, he didn't even start the game, but uh, came in in the second inning, and Aaron Judge quickly erased that deficit with a three-run shot to left in the second. Uh, just an absolute crush job, uh, like clockwork, and that marked Judge's fifth consecutive contest with a home run. And so the Yankees, de facto future captain here, uh, you know, just putting on a show in the Bronx, just on fire, unconscious, locked in, insert adjective here. Uh, 
Uh, and as we move forward to the third inning, the Yankees did the improbable, the impossible, scoring some runs without the virtue of a home run. And that happened where uh, Senor Augusto, Gary Sanchez, who appears to be creeping back, he got his first hit on August 1st, uh, like clockwork, and then he uh, picks up his first extra base hit with an RBI double in the third inning. Uh, Gio Urshela remained equally hot as Judge, and uh, he followed suit by trading places, uh, nodding the game at five with an RBI double of his own. And so, you know, we moved on from there, and after Paxson was removed, it was Michael King, who had an otherwise improved outing from his first relief appearance in Washington this year, which was also a relief of Paxton. Unfortunately, he got beat by the only two guys who can really beat you in that Boston batting order and yielded uh, solo shots to uh, Bogarts and Devers in the 5th and 7th, respectively. I mean, otherwise, not, not a terrible outing by King, uh, who went 3 and 2 thirds uh, with 4 Ks. So, you know, and, you know, sandwiched around that. In this seesaw affair, Luke Voigt unleashed a laser. Uh, that came in the fifth against Heath Hembry, uh, rocking a solo shot to left, which I think went through one of the seats, really. I mean, that, that was just an absolute missile uh, projected into the left field stands for Luke Voigt, who seems to be cementing him, himself uh, at first base, at least offensively. And, you know, it wasn't all, wasn't all home runs for the Yankees. They mixed in some small ball and then capped it off with some long ball. Facing Matt Barnes in the eighth, you know, that that diverse Yankee lineup on full display. And you saw it with Mike Talkman coaxing a big two-out walk. Uh, and then following by stealing second. And that sets up a huge RBI single by the machine. DJ LeMahieu, and LeMahieu came through the clutch hit, back up the box, base knock, ties the game, all even at seven. And so from there, like clockwork, Aaron Judge unties it with a mammoth two-run thrash to left, and that gave the Yankees a nine-to-seven advantage. They were never relinquish and as I said earlier all of judges home runs have either tied or put the Yankees in front this season uh, judges six home runs tied Alex Rodriguez in 2007 for the most in the club's first eight games just an incredible barrage of power and just I mean he's just zoned in right now and he you know, hitting the ball like he usually does uh, when he is healthy. And this is the 2017 version of Aaron Judge. And, you know, one of the silver linings in this screwed-up season uh, is the fact that he did have full time to recuperate 
and to make it uh, to opening day and you know not to have resets or rush back uh, from injuries and you know he's he's all ready he's all set to go I mean it's it's incredible he might hit 30 if the season holds up and uh, we get the full slate so to speak um, of whatever this season is and however long it lasts but uh, early MVP consideration for number 99 and he is just completely crushing the ball for the Yankees and has been everything that they've needed or wanted um, really carrying the team and really you know just putting them on his back and saying let's go boys and so the Yankees from there uh, raising their record to seven and one here atop the standings in the American League East and so quite the impressive week of Yankee baseball uh, six straight wins in that seven and one mark on the season uh, two sweeps for the Bronx Bombers and they return or rather they stay home and until further notice will be playing Joe Girardi and Didi Gregorius and the Philadelphia Phillies for a showdown in the Bronx Monday night and that will see Garrett Cole finally making his pinstriped debut many years in the waiting so that's gonna pretty much do it for us here this has been the New York Yankees recap on Nobody Beats the Gwiz I'm your host Mike Wizdala and again if you want to check it all out in further depth, further in-depth, uh, check out BronxPinstripes.com. Everything's there if you want to read through it and relive it because it was a beautiful week in Yankee baseball. Until next time, we'll see ya.